How often do you feel powerless? You know what I find is even worse than being anxious? And I know anxiety, I had it for many years. It's feeling powerless. And that's what I want to talk about today. A lot of people tell me that in this age of technology and all its advancement, in the end, they feel more powerless than before because it feels like there is a driving force that always keeps them busy, that always keeps them running, always keeps them looking through what other people are doing, especially social media has made it possible to always have a little glance into other people's lives. And since we are pretty much prone to compare ourselves since we were young and our parents told me, told us, what about Peter? What about Sue? They are much better in school. Comparing ourselves with others is deeply ingrained and social media has made it much harder for us just to be content with who we are and what we have. And that is where a lot of our anxiety comes from, this feeling of overwhelm and ultimately feeling powerless. Now, we are not really powerless, right? I mean, when you really think about it, we are born with sheer unlimited potential. Just the, the fact that we were able to get out of the womb, make a noise, express ourselves eventually, go from laying down on our back to being able to crawl around and then stand up and walk and even dance. All the things that we have been doing, we have so much potential to grow, to adapt, to succeed. We should not feel powerless, but we still do. Why? Because there are patterns that the subconscious mind, this deeper part of our mind, have been installing early in our life and have been running since ever then. Those patterns, which I call survival patterns, that are ultimately here to keep us safe, survive. Those are the patterns that make us feel the most powerless. I really found after 20 years of working with people on overcoming anxiety, and that was a shocking revelation, that focusing on anxiety is not enough because anxiety is not really the problem. Anxiety is the emotion that's a driving force. But what is a much greater problem and the reason why we often get stuck in anxiety and the reason why I was stuck in anxiety for many years is that we are having these survival patterns reinforcing the emotion. And survival patterns are, you could say, categorized in two big groups. There's the survival mode of avoiding, avoiding anything that potentially can make us feel unsafe, uncomfortable, or can be seen as a threat or danger. And then there is the pleasing mode, where you're hoping to feel more safety and a sense of belonging by overgiving and overpleasing others. And you may be familiar with both. I certainly am. And each of those has three specific patterns, which I find the most common patterns. There is for the avoider mode, let's start with the victim pattern. The victim pattern is a pattern where you feel that you're a victim of your past. The people that hurt you, even though they have long moved on, you still think about them. You still look over your shoulder. You still wonder if somebody else can just treat you the same way. The victim mode is also 
feeling victimized by yourself when you feel like, you know, I'm not having the body I want, I'm victimized by my emotions, or I'm victimized by life, feeling completely powerless. Doesn't sound like a survival pattern, but when you really think about it, the victim mode keeps you safe by always expecting something bad to happen, the shoe to drop, somehow being in a place where once again, you get exactly the treatment or exactly the outcome that you had before. And as long as you're just preparing yourself for this, bracing yourself for this, you will not be surprised. And maybe it doesn't hurt as much. Of course, many times when you're in victim mode, you're expecting bad things to happen and then they don't. So you're already living in a trauma that actually hasn't really occurred. So in the long run, your life is overshadowed by the what if and by the what was, and you're not really living up to the greatest joy and fulfillment. But for the subconscious inner protector who runs that pattern, it is better safe than being happy for a little bit and then deeply disappointed. The second pattern of this avoider mode is a pattern of invisibility. You know, where you're hiding out, where you may in the extreme not even leave your house, where you're uh, not speaking up on your behalf, where you're trying to not get unwanted attention, where you're dressing in the most boring colors so that no one really you know, notices you or judges you. All of those things are also designed to keep you safe. But the problem with that pattern is that ultimately you're never really expressing yourself. You're never really living up to your potential. You're only becoming this little tiny gray mouse that hopefully will not be seen. The third pattern is the procrastination pattern. Now, who has not that pattern in their life? And the procrastination pattern is a pattern ultimately that prevents us from going through failure, discomfort, criticism or judgment from others when we are about to do something that potentially can lead to all of this. So we rather push it aside. We rather don't deal with it, distract ourselves, look for instant gratification. It's safer in the short term. That's what the subconscious thinks. Then putting yourself out there and doing something that potentially may lead to disaster and failure. Now, when you look at it, you could say, well, the subconscious obviously doesn't think about the long-term consequences of procrastination. And that's not really what the subconscious is good at. The subconscious is more like in the now, let's do this to keep you safe, to make you a little happier than thinking about, well, if I'm never really following through with the task I'm supposed to do, let's say at work, eventually I'm going to lose my job. Or if I'm never really taking care of my body because I'm always procrastinating around going to the doctor or working out, eventually I'm going to lose my health. But that is not the focus of the subconscious. The pleaser patterns are kind of the opposite because the pleaser patterns say, I am safer when I'm actually with others, when I make others like me or at least accept me or approve of me. So the pleaser pattern, also three patterns, is a chameleon pattern. It's like the, the person who always blends in with others, just intuitively knows what to say, how to be, how to show up, 
to get the at least most approval from others. It's a, it's a pattern that is very common because it's something that now, especially when we have so much social media influence and we are so confused on what is acceptable, how we're supposed to be, what is fitting in, that that is a pattern that is very busy also in younger people's life. And then there is a pattern of the pleaser and helper, which is ultimately the one that is overextending themselves, never really looking at their own needs, but saying, hey, what can I do for you? Of course, I'm going to help you move. Of course, I'm going to show up for you. Yes, you can call me at two o'clock in the morning and talk about your heartbreaks. I am here and I'm indispensable. So the sense of being wanted, being needed, and having a sense of I'm belonging here is very important for that pattern. And that is why it often leads to that sense of being drained, having overgiven like a martyr. And unfortunately, eventually it can also lead to deep resentment because let's face it, no matter how much you give, people always want more. And at some point you have given so much of yourself that there seems to be nothing left. And then there is a third pattern, which is the lover pattern. And that is a pattern of pleasing, but you're pleasing one specific person. You're looking for one, the chosen one, that's going to make you feel whole, that makes you feel finally that there is a reason to be, because love is all what you're looking for. Does any of those patterns sound familiar to you? Well, if so, the good news is these patterns are not what keeps you stuck for the rest of your life. These patterns, in fact, are patterns that have been coming from your childhood. They have been imprinted on you early on to keep you safe. But they are also patterns that are based on old beliefs and old experiences. You have to imagine that, you know, at some point when you were younger, let's say you had the two best friends and all of a sudden they didn't want to hang out with you anymore. All of a sudden... There was this feeling of being uh, ostracized for no reason. That's a shock. And then your subconscious says, okay, what can I do to prevent this from happening? And so the subconscious says, you're only having friends if you're always doing what they want you to do. That would be like, you know, the pleaser or the chameleon or friends are not safe. So stay away from them. Keep yourself to yourself with your hamster and don't even try to have a social life. That would be more the invisible one. The beliefs of whatever is the interpretation of what happened in those traumatic events. I mean, you could say, is it really trauma? Of course, it's trauma for a child because a child doesn't really know how to wrap its mind around it. Those beliefs are driving the patterns and those beliefs will continue to drive the patterns until they are replaced with new beliefs. It's a little bit like, you know, you go to New York and you want to have a, you know, tour, but you have only a map from 1965. It's not really going to serve you very well. Right now, you may go through life with patterns and belief that come from 1965 or 70s or 80s, and you realize that's the reason why when I get triggered, Let's say my friend is not calling me back after I called and immediately I get triggered to, oh yeah, once again, I'm ostracized, that I'm shrinking. 
that I'm panicky, that I'm feeling like a child and that I'm acting like a child. Or it could be another pattern you where you get criticized by a parent or a teacher. And again, the mind says, oh, you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. So don't put yourself out. And so as soon as you get criticism, you go into procrastination because it was too painful to get this judgment from the past. The belief of not being smart or good enough kicks in. It makes you want to procrastinate and not really fully engage. When you understand that those patterns don't want to hurt you, even though they appear self-sabotaging, but that they're actually just simply based on old experiences and old beliefs that you need to update, replace, then you know even those patterns that make you feel powerless are not really making you powerless. Because what you're doing is simply living still in the shoes, in the mental emotional shoes of the child subconscious, and you haven't really made an owner's manual upgrade. And that is really something that my new book, The Empowerment Solution, is all about. It helps you to deal with these patterns. It helps you to understand them. Even the one that the patterns that you feel, well, I don't really know that I have the invisibility pattern. And you realize, well, I am actually out there, but I'm completely invisible because I only allow myself to be out there the way I want to be seen. And I'm not showing my vulnerability. I'm not showing these deeper sides. I don't even want to admit them to myself. That is a form of invisibility pattern. And the book will teach you how to identify the patterns, how to see the beliefs underneath them, and then how to turn the beliefs and patterns into their empowered version. And these are the six keys to tapping into your full potential. So instead of getting stuck in power draining patterns that ultimately disconnect you from yourself, you're turning it around and you take your power back and you're reconnecting to yourself and you discover your authentic truth. In the end, the book leads you to what I feel we all should become, the empowered leaders of our life.